Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. There you got about less than 14 hours. If you want to be a multi-millionaire, get your uh, lottery tickets. We were right. We Mult- said uh, multi, the, multi, multi. The um, guesstimate was that the uh, Mega Millions drawing tonight would be seven hundred ninety, and you and I both said, it's like, nah, I think it's <laughs> it's going to be, be over eight hundred million." It'll be north of that, yeah. Right now. This is right now, 14 hours ahead, they're projecting that it's going to be $810 million, making it the fourth largest grand prize in history. That's enough to feed a family with. Well, because you have taxes yet, don't forget. If you if you take the instant payout, it's only going to be four hundred and seventy million dollars <laughs> minus taxes. Minus half of it goes goes to taxes. So now you're down to about two hundred thirty five million. Is all. Yeah. Can you live on might that? As, might as well not even get out of bed for with, that. With inflation and everything going on in the world, today, I can't, can you I, live I can, on two hundred seventy million dollars? I, I could probably live on two hundred seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> Mega Millions once again uh, drawing tonight uh, for uh, it's. I, I'm going to guess eight hundred and twenty. Yeah, million dollars is, yeah, is probably my guess at least. By then. I think the sign uh, over off the uh, uh, connector w- was over eight hundred thousand when I looked at it. Eight hundred million. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, eight hundred million. Eight hundred thousand. We wouldn't even be talking about. It. Uh, you get <laughs> past about two or three zeros, and I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, there have only been three lottery jackpots ever won in any game at a higher level than tonight's grand prize drawing and all of those were over a billion dollars and if we don't get a winner tonight this one will be a billion uh on on <laughs> that'd friday be a, that'd be a fun day wouldn't it what, what'd you do today i don't know i won a billion dollars bill, well first of all if you win you don't tell anybody that's the first thing you don't do yeah i know you you want to tell everybody your friends and family and post it on social media um, but you'll have ex-girlfriends and ex-family members and ex-friends and ex-neighbors coming out of the woodwork Wow. Before you've even had a chance to claim your money, going it kind of hey, makes you me remember that ten dollars I wore, I gave you all the back way back when. It kind of makes me glad I've lived in such a way that I haven't really <laughs> cultivated those relationships. You're, you're not wrong. You're not I have wrong. A, I have a whole lot of passing acquaintances in my life. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Not bad. Okay, you. Um, heat once again uh, continuing in the Treasure Valley. At, I'm. I'm not even going to say the Treasure Valley. Heat is continuing for all the inland northwest. As a matter of fact, over the next week, the uh, hottest parts of the country are pretty much going to be in the northwest. Um, it's already started in Seattle and Portland, where temperatures uh, Those aren't have been supposed in the to be 90s. The hottest places in the nation? No, because how stupid they don't they don't have air conditioning there. I know. I think after last year, the first thing I would have bought. Would it be air conditioning? Would, would have been air conditioning. I, or just a, something yeah. somewhere to keep we'll me cool. Find a house with central air. I mean, good grief. When my temperature in my house here goes above 72 degrees, I start to have a conniption fit. I, so I can't even imagine if you don't have air conditioning and it it's you know 85, yeah. 90 in your house, how do you even sleep? I, I just don't know. You know what people say when they come to our house? Do you hang meat in here? <laughs> we keep it chilly. Um. I, I did keep it chilly until I got my electric bill last month. 
Oh yeah, mine was pretty high. Like I have, uh, I think my electric bill was close to three hundred bucks. Believe it or not, mine was over five hundred. Okay, well, I mean, your house is like four times the size of mine. The uh, I don't is it four times? I mean, it, it, we downsized for crying out loud. I know you did. We're only thirty seven like, hundred. It used to be feet. like six times the size of mine. We're only thirty seven hundred square. Yeah, feet. and ours is around a thousand. I think is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, then it is. Um. The first thing I did after I got the bill is uh, reset all my thermostats to between two and three degrees warmer, and I basically turned off the air conditioning um, after eight a.m. in the morning until about four in the afternoon. <laughs> when I when I paid the when electric nobody's bill, nobody's there. When I paid the electric bill, I remember thinking to myself, "Oh well," as in I'm not going to change anything. Yeah, I'm just going to pay this bill and I'm gonna see you know, if I can get it down call a them little a f- bit. Call them a few names, and and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> um. Believe it or not, Boise isn't even the hottest place um, in in some of the areas that are, are warm in Idaho, uh, North Idaho, Clarkston, um, Lewiston area. Mm-hmm. Um, supposed to be 112. Yeah, and there, I mean, Lewiston area, we, it's down in a valley. It's always yeah. We talked about that. that always a little warmer. There are generally about two banana belts in the state of Idaho, uh, no matter what time of year it is, and they are Hagerman and Lewiston, Spokane. Coeur d'Alene area, which usually are not anywhere warmer than uh, the Boise area, it's supposed to be 110. Well, we're 105, 106 if, down here. If, if, if they only had some place in Coeur d'Alene where people could go to cool off. Pendleton, uh, I think yesterday they said was uh, already close to 110 in uh, Pendleton. So that's uh-huh. that's the heat wave that is uh, coming our way, and it's going to sink in here till at least through the weekend. So just keep that in mind, um, you know, especially... People that are vulnerable that when uh, it gets this warm, of course, are the people who can't um, get in to get warm. So there are going to be some cooling locations for the homeless around. Um, keep in mind that this especially affects people who are 65 years and older. More people um, die every year from heat-related problems in that age group than anybody else. So if you have neighbors, if you have family members, um, you know, keep, keep an eye and check on them. This goes at any time, not just when temperatures get above 100, but don't leave your kids or your pets in a car, even for just a few minutes. Takes literally under five minutes and your remember, car's over 120 degrees. Do you remember when, when, when we were kids? I know, I know you lived kind of out in the countryside, but I lived in town. And if we went to the shopping center, my mom went in and shopped, and my sister and I stayed in the car. Mm-hmm. And she could be in there for an hour and a half, and we were still in the car. We, and that was pretty much 12 months of the year. We uh, Some, Somehow we made it through. We did our shopping in Lewiston. Mm-hmm. So same thing. Our parents yeah. would uh, roll the windows down and be there. Man, if you did that now, you'd be arrested and thrown in jail so quickly. I think, uh, as I recall, my mother used to say, if you're good, I'll bring you a surprise. <laughs> did she? Uh, I, it, it didn't. We we didn't really think about it because by the time she got back to the car, uh, she could you know give us anything and call it a surprise. Like, hey, here's some celery. <laughs> All right, here's a piece of gum I, I had in my purse yeah, for six no months. Kidding. Here's one of those. What, you remember the what is it? The AIDS diet pills? Yes. Oh my gosh. The ones that I mean, kids ate them because they tasted like butterscotch or whatever. Or no caramel they, or whatever it was. They tasted like poo. Well, I mean, they, they weren't were horrible. Great. They weren't great, but if you were down to no, no other kind of candy. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, if you're going to keep cool, 
Be careful where you're keeping cool. Another drowning over the weekend in Lucky Peak. That's uh. two within the last week. Um, and this person had a paddleboard and apparently fell off their paddleboard and couldn't get up on it. And by the time people realized that uh, he was in trouble, and he, this was a, this was an adult, the last person that drowned was a 14-year-old kid. Uh, but this person, by the time they realized that he was in trouble, it was already too late. They tried to uh, save him, and by the time the uh, ambulance got there to resuscitate him. He was pretty much already gone. And that's at Lucky Peak where, you know, granted the water is still kind of cool, um, but if you're floating in the Boise River, also keep in mind the river is still very swift. Yeah. So uh, just take precautions once again as you deal with the heat that's going to sit in here for the next five to seven days. Look ahead next week. We should be back down in the 90s next week. So <laughs> it's like gas prices. Hey, we're going to be under $5. Yay! It's going to be only 95 next week. Yay! Let's get our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian, the place to go for lunch every day. They're open Monday through Saturday, beginning at 1030, both locations, East Boise and in Meridian. Good morning. Seattle Mariners, still a pretty young ball club. And they've got a couple of young all-stars that are getting in to try and help them win ball games. Yesterday, Ty France. Two out, nobody on. Infield straight up. Center field. Hit well. Gone back. Gone back. Goodbye! Ty France. Dead central with a home run. A three for three night for Ty's 13th home run. RBI number 51 and the Mariners have a 3-1 lead over Texas. The all-star blast one right into the batter's eye. That's exactly right. Talked a lot about Julio, but Ty France was at that all-star game also. Exit below 104, 416 feet away for Ty's 13th home run, and they continue to try to throw him that breaking ball. That right there ended up in the middle of the play, just a cement mixer right there. I think he had a pretty good idea was leaving the yard. And that will go in the books as a 4-3 win for the Mariners as they defeat the Texas Rangers last night. And they were close to caving in at the end and still found a way to win. I mean, this is a victory that was manufactured by some smart base running, some really good defensive plays. Chris Flexen is back. The bullpen finished the job. And even though it was close, that's a 4-3 win. And we all know it doesn't matter anything else except putting the W in the book. So... Mariners get their first win after a sweep by the Astros over the weekend. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The World Health Organization declaring the outbreak a public health emergency of international concern. We have an outbreak that has spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we understand too little. More than 16,000 monkeypox cases have been detected across 75 countries. Five deaths have been reported all in Africa. In the United States, nearly 2,900 cases have been detected, including two cases in children. So we uh, told you about that story yesterday, the WHO over the weekend uh, saying, uh, declaring a... uh, An emergency. Emergency. Not a pandemic. The White House now, uh, as of yesterday, said that they are working on naming a monkeypox czar coordinator as they prepare for the possibility of more cases emerging in the United States. What a weird thing to have on your resume. What's the highest position you have ever achieved? Well, I was the monkeypox czar. (laughs) 
two sources familiar with the uh, discussions, the White House say that Biden officials are working on naming a coordinator, but they have not yet settled on an individual to help coordinate the federal government's response to the outbreak. Efforts to name the coordinator comes just two months after the U.S. first monkeypox case was confirmed. Total number of cases in the United States now has risen to over 3,000. Dr. Uh, Ashish Jha, the White House COVID coordinator, told reporters yesterday that uh, more cases may pop up as testing becomes more easily available. So we're, we're going through some of the same stuff here that yeah. COVID, you didn't have a lot of ways to get tested. I didn't so, know nearly this many people had it until they started getting tested. There's a capacity right now for weekly tests of around 6,000, which isn't that many in the United States. And uh, they're ramping up to get about 80,000 tests per week available. Mm-hmm. So far, monkeypox has not been declared a public health emergency here in the uh, United States. However, um, the U.S. government is uh, shipping 300,000 monkeypox vaccines to U.S. states and territories that began this week. 300,000. Ooh, territories too. Must be serious. Mm-hmm. The administration is working to make it easier for medical providers to access doses of uh, the antiviral medication T-pox. I thought that was a wrapper. It was. Hey, T-pox. T-pox Shakur. Um, there's 1.3 million doses of T-pox currently available. Once again, it still needs to be shipped out. It's apparently in somewhere in a warehouse. The treatment, by the way, is also the treatment for smallpox, which is um, related to uh, monkeypox. Yeah. So that's you can tell by the pox. I I see I see that on social media, it's like, oh, this is another planned pandemic, and I'm like, why are people thinking this is a planned pandemic? And they said, how can we have 1.3 million vaccines available if they weren't planning for this? Because they were ready for something else, too. <laughs> because it's the same stuff for smallpox, and smallpox has been around for Think of it this way. If you have centuries. a headache, you take aspirin. If your foot aches, you take aspirin. Why is that? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, phone lines are open if you want to participate in the show. Uh, feel free this morning. You can also email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. This week, kind of uh, Barrel House Pub and Grill Week. First off, uh, for the Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. We have a $50 gift certificate to Barrel House that we'll be giving away today. That's coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll give you the question to start working on coming up here in about 20 minutes. In addition to that, maybe you don't win the $50 gift certificate to Barrel House Pub and Grill in Garden City and get to take advantage of all the great food and drinks. And you'd still like to do it. We still have a great deal for you. It's our KBOI Sweet Deal of the Week, Friday morning at 9 a.m. It goes on sale, half price, $50 gift certificate for only $25. Keep in mind, limited number. They will go fast. Just be ready to be there at 9 o'clock at KBOI.com. And if that isn't enough, Nate Shellman is going to be doing his show live from Barrel House Pub and Grill in the Glenwood Shopping Center, Chinden and Glenwood, coming up this coming Friday, 3 to 6. It's the Hometown Happy Hour brought to you by mm-hmm. Cloverdale Plumbing. They've got a dollar off all pints and appetizers, $3 off domestic drafts uh, during this Friday's broadcast. So get in, enjoy some great food. Um, Apparently they have, I haven't tried this yet, uh, they have an amazing bison burger. Sounds good. So Buffalo's supposed to be better for you than 
than beef. It's leaner, less calories, you know, and it. I do know this. I have had buffalo burgers before. They taste delicious. I've had buffalo wings, and they were really good. Yeah, that not the same thing. Buffaloes don't have wings. Well, not anymore. Well, never have. Oh. Yeah. Thank, thank you very, very much. What was her name who said that? Oh, wow. Uh, Jessica, whatever. It's like, how come their wings are so small? Buffalo are so big. (laughs) Jessica Simpson. Is that who it was? Yeah. Yeah. And she wanted to know if chicken of the sea. Now, is this tuna or is this chicken? Which (laughs) is it? So, anyway, make your plans. Three o'clock till six o'clock. Hometown happy hour brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Once again, going to be going on at Barrel House Pub and Grill, Glenwood Shopping Center. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642, uh, looking ahead to the uh, opening of the stock market. Looks like we possibly could be opening into the red for the first day in uh, a few days, about uh, five days. Now, granted, we're still about 45 minutes away, but the Dow's down 109 points after being up once again yesterday. Uh, we'll find out. Tomorrow, by the way, is the day, I think it's about noon hour time, 2 o'clock Eastern time, that they will announce. I was going to say, if the Fed will raise rates, let's just change that. Yeah, they'll when, announce how high the Fed will uh, raise their Fed rate. When I say jump, you say how high? 50, 75, or 100 basis points, my guess, I'm, I'm going to say 75. Okay. That's probably the safe It's bet. not going to be 50. No. But there's a possibility but it that it could be 100. 100 yeah. Right. Because uh, the Fed wants to start causing pain. Because that's the only way that they're going to get inflation under control is to cause enough pain. I don't know why it has to be on quarter points. I mean, you know, 26% instead of 25 or whatever. Easy. Yeah, that is kind of it is kind of weird that they they do do it quarter points. It's either 25, 50, 75 or or 100. Gets to 100 sell. So that's all I got to say. What about like 80. Text message uh yes uh, in uh this morning um says yesterday your topic about what to do with 1.6 billion in uh excess tax revenue garnered garnered several responses about paying off school bonds and school infrastructure. Those bonds are raised and funded by local ISD tax entities and not the entire state. Yeah. For example, if Coeur d'Alene floats a bond for a new school, Boise taxpayers don't repay when, that bond. When we, Coeur d'Alene pay, residents right. do. Right. Whenever we ask people what to do with state money, we get a lot of responses that uh, you know are things that normally would be taken care of by towns or uh, you know the highway district or uh, counties and or even even the federal government sometimes, but it's just, these are just things that people say, well, why don't we get one of these, or why don't we get this done? Uh, if we have some extra money, somebody you know needs to be in charge. Yeah. He goes on to write, uh, same for lowering property taxes. The state doesn't set property taxes. The county does. If the state has excess revenue, it doesn't have a lot of options that are fair to all taxpayers beyond a rebate or funding some large infrastructure that wouldn't start for three to five years, like a road expansion project. You know, he's not, you're not wrong um, pretty much in, in any of that. And that, I think, is why you see the governor and the legislature mm-hmm. approve tax rebates because it really is the only thing fair. Now, I know, I know a lot of people complain. It's like, yeah, but the people that need it the most only got $75. And it's like, yeah, people who didn't pay anything in still got <laughs> $75. 
Okay. Come on, it's, it's either got to be socialism or fair. Which do you want? Everybody in the state got a minimum of $75 per person. That includes, you know, your kids. So if you, if you, as long as you filed a tax return, even if you didn't owe, mm-hmm. and you have three or four kids, even those kids got $75 a piece. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what else you could do to be fair. And I know complaints, um, you know, from some people were, yeah, but you know, the people that are rich got a lot more money and it's like, because they paid in a lot more yeah. money, it's a rebate. It's not, as you just said, socialism. It's not, it's not just a freebie. Yeah. KBOI news no, time. No strings attached. 645. Let's get another check on what's going on with sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Good morning. NFL training camps are underway, and one of the teams that a lot of people are paying very close attention to this year is the Buffalo Bills. Of course, that has a lot to do with their quarterback, Josh Allen, and their very talented wide receivers, Stephon Diggs. He had some things to say about his QB. Oh, y'all know Josh Allen is a gamer. He's a, he's a, he's a football player, so as far as like being a football player out there, being on the same page, it's all communication. And going into the third year, it's about dominating. That's, that's my mindset. I don't want to lose. I never want to lose. I heard you, Coach. Uh, I never want to lose. But with him, um, staying where we need to be as far as, like, you know, Josh is super hard on himself as, as well. You know, good play, bad play, not riding that roller coaster. You know, your next play is your best play. And I believe that, you know, that's my quarterback. I'm, saying, I'm rocking with him regardless. I just want to dominate him. I don't want to lose. Again, that's Bills receiver Stephon Diggs. There's another quarterback that a lot of people are paying attention to as well, but not because he's won a lot of games just yet. It's the Jags quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. And his new head coach, Doug Peterson, says he expects something from his kid this year. I think building off of last year, the fact that he played the entire season, we can build off of that and and really, um, you know, really expect, um, you know, kind of a sky's the limit mentality. You know, with him, he's in the same he's in the same frame of mind as well. He wants to take that next that next step, and uh, not only in his growth, but but obviously leading leading this football team. So um, today's day one of that, and um, you know, we're just uh, we're just excited to be on the grass with him and, and the rest of the team. Just so you know, the first preseason game of the year comes up on August fourth. That's the Hall of Fame weekend. Jacksonville will take on the Raiders. That game will be televised on NBC. It's at the Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton. Again, that's this coming Thursday, August 4th. I'm Rick Worthington. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, coming up this morning, uh, we have a $50 gift certificate we're going to be giving away for our... uh, Food, great food, great drinks. Once again, you'll have a chance to get the Barrel House Pub and Grill $50 gift certificate. It's also where Nate Shelman is going to be broadcasting live coming up this Friday afternoon, beginning at 3 for the Hometown Happy Hour. It will also be our sweet deal. It's kind of uh, the Barrel House Pub and Grill week going on this week. All you have to do to win, unofficially, yeah. Uh, All you have to do to win is. Answer our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Here to promote your property worldwide. It's easy to do. For details, call 208-888-4128. They can help you out. Our question today, during uh, 
the 90s, especially the first half, but during the 90s, half of all CDs being produced in the world were these CDs. Specifically these CDs, what were they? Over half for the entire world were these CDs. If you know the answer, stick around after 8 o'clock. You can win. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Jim Polo. Dr. Polo, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, if we're being totally honest, most of us, me included, would have to admit that there are times when nothing hits the spot, quite like some nice salty fries, chips, or pretzels. But while a little salt is okay, uh, you say people don't fully appreciate just how harmful consuming too much salt can be. Yes, I'm afraid that's that's correct. A, a new study just came out, and this was a nine-year study that found that people that always added salt to their food had a 28% increased risk of dying compared to those people that actually didn't add salt to their food. And this is mainly because it impacts your cardiac health over time. So how much is too much and what kind of problems uh, will come from adding extra salt? Well, it's interesting. The latest dietary guidelines for Americans recommend keeping your dietary intake of salt to less than 2,300 milligrams per day. And actually, if you simply eat normally, you'll get more than enough of that uh, without adding extra salt. The problem is, is that when we add salt to food, although it tastes good, it can get out of control and you can very quickly go over that amount. And using a lot of salt basically raises blood pressure and over time, that makes the heart work a lot harder at the same time that it increases your risk for stroke. Okay, so there are probably very few of us that are going to be willing to throw away our salt shakers. Are there some less painful ways to begin trimming down on our salt intake? So there are. First of all, what you can do is you can kind of eliminate some of the really bad foods that are heavily salted, like soy sauce, uh, packaged soups, uh, seasoned rice packets, lunch meats are all laden with a tremendous amount of salt. And in general, foods that are processed always have a lot of extra salt added versus fruits, vegetables, things that you kind of prepare from scratch. Uh, and if you're doing that, rather than jumping to salt, consider using herbs or seasonings. Lemon pepper, for example, can give a nice spice to it without giving you that extra salt. We've talked on several occasions in our time together about how important it is for us to try to manage stress. Now, as it turns out, helpful therapy could be as close as our backyard. Well, apparently that's the case, <laughs> and in fact, I, I'm wondering if I should do this too, but apparently just uh, taking care of a vegetable garden or, or maintaining flowers in your backyard can really be helpful. So what is so special uh, about grabbing a shovel or a rake and getting our hands dirty? Well, researchers of a newly published report found that apparently tending to plants can actually produce significant mental health benefits. The activity is linked with lowering your stress, decreasing anxiety, depression. Uh, gardening helps people feel more peaceful, content, and there can be a tremendous amount of joy in just seeing things grow and bloom. And, of course, weeding, digging, raking ends up being good exercise, too. Well, that is the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Jim Polo, thanks for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thank you. 
Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. 1-800-529-5264. That's toll free if you want to get through and take part in the show. And yes, we always encourage that. You can also email us. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, Texas. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Uh, email in, no name on uh, this one. Uh, it says, why do you guys keep saying the Fed wants to get inflation under control? They're the ones who caused it. For the longest time, they worked to keep it at 2%. Why? The government, according to Milton Friedman, is the only one who creates inflation. For years, the Fed has been interfering with quantitative easing, stimulus checks, etc., Inflation didn't exist before the Federal Reserve did. From 1776 to 1913, there was no inflation. What's happening now is intentional. Why is our government evil? One thing I want to point out, when we say the Fed is trying to get inflation under control, that's the Federal you know, Reserve specifically, not the Federal government. So I I think you have kind of the, two things. The federal government may have caused inflation with the stimulus checks and you know all all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The Fed's trying to get it under control, and and when I say the Fed, that's two different things. Fed is the Federal Reserve who sets the Fed funds rate. So it's not I'm not talking specifically about the federal government and all the bureaucracy, Congress, President, all that stuff, right. Now, as far as uh, I don't know if inflation didn't exist or not from 1776 to 1913, um, I don't know if anybody kept track of it. Well, I mean, there it, it, it was they created it for a reason. There had been uh, some, uh, I guess you'd call them financial panics that had been going on for uh, several years. Uh, there was a huge panic in 1907. So it, six years later, they jumped into action and created the Federal Reserve. Granted, you may not like what the Federal Reserve does, but you know, and of course, Chris, Chris is Chris is right. I mean, during yeah, during the Depression, uh, they uh, expanded their role, and then uh, again uh, during the recession, just like fourteen years ago, they expanded it again. Thank you for the email. Thank you for the thoughts. Appreciate it. This is kind of interesting. Uh, we've all been to concerts before, of course, and if you don't get your concert, if you don't get your your tickets early enough, you, you're left out. Mm-hmm. If if it's really popular, well, there's an event coming to Boise that if you want to attend, you might want to hurry and get a reserved seat because it's expected to be standing room only, and they are expected to turn people away. What am I talking about? Um, the trigger law abortion ban hearing is coming up August third. Your seating must be reserved to attend because they predict there will be uh, not enough seats for everybody to go. Is there an opening act? I don't believe so. Mm. I'm wondering, has this ever happened before where there's a hearing going on and all of a sudden you have to have reserved seats or you're not going to be able to get in? Probably. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'm sure there have been popular ones before. The uh, hearing on the suit filed by Planned Parenthood Great Northwest against the state of Idaho will begin Wednesday, August 3rd, 10 a.m. Tickets for the 10 a.m. They could sell tickets to this thing and, and take that and add that to our budget surplus, couldn't they? There, 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 <laughs> may, be, there may be a rule about that, how you can't sell tickets to court. I'm Maybe. not sure. 
Tickets will be distributed on a first-come, first-served basis. They are free and can be reserved through email by contacting Supreme Court Documents at idcourts.net. Once again, if you want to go to this, don't think you're just going to be able to walk up and, and go in and, and be a part of it. Supreme Court Documents at idcourts.net. You need to email them, tell them you want to reserve your tickets, and then it'll be confirmed whether or not you're going to be able to go or not. People are advised to read the security rules listed for the Idaho Supreme Court ground security. Only two tickets are allowed per person. The court will also live stream the hearing uh, at Idaho in session on uh, PBS at idahoptv.org. There you go. All right. Fair warning. If you want to go, it's like a concert. You better get your tickets. You're going to be left out. KBLI News Time, 7.15. Time for another check on uh, what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning, it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Two locations to serve you in Meridian and in East Boise. They're already there this morning, making all their great food from scratch. Fat, delicious sandwiches. Uh, remember, every one of their sandwiches, they have over 30 of them, can be turned into a wrap or a salad if you'd like. And then, of course, to make it a really good meal, team that up with a hot, steaming bowl of fresh-made soup. Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Good morning. Some Boise State men's basketball information to share today as the team has announced the addition of Michael Johnson as the new director of basketball operations for the men's basketball team. That according to head coach Leon Rice that made the announcement yesterday afternoon. The previous director of operations, that was David Motes. He was promoted. He's now the director of recruiting. Now, Johnson will be responsible for the day-to-day operations of the basketball office. That includes travel, equipment management. Johnson will also serve as the director for all Bronco men's basketball institutional camps and clinics. There's also some football news to share with you today. In advance of the Boise State fall football camp opening up next week on August 3rd, the Broncos coaching staff is going to be speaking to the media at the Blameyer Football Center next week. So we'll have an opportunity next week to hear from Andy Avalos. We'll hear from the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Tim Plow. Spencer Danielson is the defensive coordinator and also the coach of the inside linebackers. We'll have an opportunity to hear from him as well as some of the other coaches. Once again, this is ahead of the fall football camp, which opens up on August 3rd. So... It's almost time for football season to get underway as well. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Well, all indications here with the opening about seven minutes away indicating that uh, we're going to see a downward trend uh, this morning. Uh, across all the indexes on the stock market, Dow down 140 points as of right now. Jeremiah Bates with us this morning. Uh, Jeremiah, Fed uh, meeting starts today. Tomorrow we'll find out if it's going to be uh, 50 basis points, 75 basis points, or 100 basis points as far as the increase in the uh, Fed rate. But here's the thing I want to talk about today, and that's recession. Because up until um, this week, I had always heard that a recession was too consecutive back-to-back quarters of negative GDP growth. However, the Biden administration has now said that they're going to try to change the definition of what a recession is. So when is a recession not a recession? 
Yeah, it kind of feels like gaslighting a little bit. I mean, when you look at the administration kind of moving the goalposts. And, I mean, come on, the reality is they they got to do what they can to kind of split hairs and, you know, argue over semantics to make it uh, not make the picture look rosier than it is, right? But bottom line is, if you have a glass of water and it's half full or half empty, you still have the same amount of water. Both, <laughs> both, both looks are right. I mean, what's the technical definition of a blizzard? I, mean, I, I looked it up. It's a severe snowstorm categorized by sustained winds, low visibility and for a pro- prolonged period of time. Bottom line is it's windy and it's a lot of snow. So <laughs> even though they're trying to kind of change this official definition, true, the, it, the general consensus is if you're looking at economists, um, analysts, they look at a, at a recession of two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, meaning we're in a contraction of our economy. Now, there's the National Bureau of Economic Research, the NBER. It's an American private nonprofit research organization. It's a mouthful, I know. But they are technically the official body to decide whether or not that we are in a recession. And they don't have, it's not a black and white um, or fixed rule that they use to measure what it, what is in fact a recession. They kind of look at a, a broad number of things. But what they've put the most weight on lately is real personal income and then also non-farm payroll employment. So when when Janet Yellen came out and she was on, uh, I think, Meet the Press, and she said that, hey, we're, the economy's not in a recession. We're in a period of transition, which growth is slowing. Um, yeah, I mean, she's, isn't, she's... Isn't that the definition of a recession, right. no, too? <laughs> it really is. I mean, you're kind of defining exactly what a recession is. Then it just becomes an argument over semantics, and you're trying to make the glass look half full. Bottom line is we're already starting to see these these marks, these che- these boxes checked that historically have precluded a recession. We've checked all those boxes. So the likelihood of us get going into recession, it's much higher than it was a while ago. I mean, we checked all those boxes. Now I've come from the standpoint of like, okay, how deep is the recession? How long is it going to be? How much pain is going to be felt? That's yet to be unknown. But it's interesting that there's this fallback, at least from the administration, that um, the NB, the uh, National Bureau of Economic Research is the final say on what a recession is or not. I mean, there's parts of the economy where you could argue it isn't a recession. We have pre- we have inflation really high, gas prices really high, wages not keeping up uh, with the rate of inflation. I mean, true, the 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 argument is that there's still uh, the labor market's strong, unemployment is low. But if you really look at those numbers, a lot of that's kind of skewed. You have a lot of people getting second jobs, people coming out of retirement to fill these jobs. So. So that picture isn't as rosy as I think they're painting it to be, but it just really comes down to this argument around around recession is it's just it's just semant- it's semantics. Right. It, it, it's trying to put a positive spin on something that is not really looking to have a positive outlook. So, you know, again, the end, the National Bureau of Economic Research they were behind the eight ball. They, they they announced the official Great Financial Crisis recession about a year, almost a year after the fact that we officially hit the recession. So, <laughs> I will tend to lean on so, the common definition of two consecutive quarters <laughs> of negative GDP, like most people will. So, basically, to wrap it up. No matter what you call it, it's still a recession. Yeah, if it All walks right. like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. <laughs> and and we'll find out how much more painful it's going to be uh, tomorrow. I think it comes in at about uh, 12 noon, what the Fed rate will uh, increase to. I think it's a foregone conclusion that it will increase, but we'll find out tomorrow. Thanks, Jeremiah. Uh, we'll get a update from you on the stock market here in about an hour after it opens up in a few minutes. Looking like it's going to open in the red, plus uh, an update on the close, and then talk to you again tomorrow morning.
Thanks, Jens. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 741. Phone lines are open at 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless to participate in the show. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. The uh, first season of the uh, January 6th miniseries um, ended last week. Season uh, number two has already been announced, and apparently that's coming in uh, September. And the committee investigating the events surrounding the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol will contemplate a subpoena when it uh, comes time for season number two. That uh, person, Jenny Thomas. Oh, the Maybe. wife of Clarence Thomas. There you go. If you're wondering who the hell Ginny Thomas is, it's the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Representative Liz Cheney, Wyoming Republican, who serves as the vice chair of the committee, told CNN's Jake uh, Tapper on State of the Union this weekend that the committee is speaking with Thomas counsel as of right now. Ginny Thomas' lawyer wants more info on why the January 6th committee has asked to speak with her. Committee has asked Thomas, a conservative activist, to meet with the panel and provide documents that would be relevant to the investigation. You see, uh, committee says that they have email correspondence between Thomas and former President Donald Trump's election attorney John Eastman, as well as texts between her and Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. A lawyer for Thomas said in a letter to the House Select Committee last month that he does not believe there is currently sufficient basis to speak with Thomas. The uh, committee. Once again, headed by Liz Cheney, is hoping that she will voluntarily talk to the uh, committee under kinda, oath without having to be subpoenaed. Kind of sounds like, uh, based on what her lawyer said, that she won't. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, the quote says that basically he doesn't see any reason why she even needs to be asked questions. Mm-hmm. There's not sufficient basis to speak with her. So... Does that mean that she will be subpoenaed? Not necessarily. But it could mean that. Yeah. We'll have to wait and find out. Like I said, season two gets underway in September. Dow down uh, 90 points as of right now. All three of the indexes are down, although not it's about half of what it was just uh, an hour ago. So that's kind of good news. Every time I look up and, and the, and the, uh, the board is red instead of green, I think, oh, it's back to normal. Phew. <laughs> We've had a really good week. I'm sitting there watching. I forgot to mention this a little bit. Uh, Paul Sorvino passed away yesterday. Yeah, age 83. Um, you may have known him from L.A. Law. That's where, if you're if you're a woman listening this morning, probably L.A. Law, because he was the star for a very short time of a uh, police drama entitled Bert D'Angelo Superstar. And I he, and not, he played Bert D'Angelo. I did not know that. Uh, and, he, and they keep showing him uh, crying when his daughter Mira Sorvino won the Oscar. He also uh, was fantastic as the Don in uh, Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, he, he was also in The Firm. He played kind of the leader right. leader of Basically, the other mob. Yeah, he was but, a good mob leader, let's yeah. just put it that way. He was a he was a natural large <laughs> Italian. Um I think he was also wasn't he classically trained um classical music singer also, I believe. Like an opera star? Yeah. 
I don't know if he was a star, but I think he was uh, he was trained, trained anyway. Trained okay. into doing that. Well, yeah. I will look. I do not know. KBOI News Time, 745. Time for a final check on what's going on with sports. This morning is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Two locations to serve you and open every day, Monday through Saturday. Get into East Boise, just off Gallon, next to Albertsons, or in Meridian off yep. Wells Avenue. Yep, opera singer. Yeah, there you go. Like I said, I don't think he was a star, but I think he was trained and uh, able to do that. Again, he could do the things large Italians could do. <laughs> uh, here's Rick Worthington with the latest in sports. Good morning. Seattle Mariners, still a pretty young ball club. And they've got a couple of young all-stars that are getting in to try and help them win ball games. Yesterday, Ty France. Two out, nobody on. Infield straight up. Center field, hit well. Going back, going back, goodbye! Ty France, dead central with a home run. A three-for-three night for Ty's 13th home run. RBI number 51 and the Mariners have a 3-1 lead over Texas. The All-Star blast one right into the batter's eye. That's exactly right. Talked a lot about Julio, but Ty France was at that All-Star game also. Exit below 104, 416 feet away. For Ty's 13th home run, and they continue trying to throw him that breaking ball. That right there ended up in the middle of the plate, just a cement mixer right there. I think he had a pretty good idea was leaving the yard. And that will go in the books as a 4-3 win for the Mariners as they defeat the Texas Rangers last night. And they were close to caving in at the end and still found a way to win. I mean, this is a victory that was manufactured by some smart base running, some really good defensive plays. Chris Flexen is back. The bullpen finished the job. And even though it was close, that's a 4-3 win. And we all know it doesn't matter anything else except putting the W in the book. So... Mariners get their first win after a sweep by the Astros over the weekend. I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.52, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in, and remember, you can uh, always uh, call in, too. Phone lines open all the time during our show, 6 to 10 every day, 208-336-3700. Toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. Or if you have a Verizon wireless, just hit, just hit pound 670. Uh, wanted to give uh, this interesting piece of audio. Now, Steve Bannon, as you uh, probably all know, had uh, been charged with contempt of Congress and found guilty last week. And Tulsi Gabbard, in case you don't remember, former member of the House of Representatives, a Democrat, and uh, also ran for president in the uh, Democratic primary in the last uh, election. She had some interesting thoughts on that yesterday. I want you to take a listen to this. Let me try this again. There we go. No matter what you think or feel about Steve Bannon, the fact that he has been found guilty of contempt of Congress, yet others have faced no consequences at all, people like James Clapper, for example, sat before the U.S. Senate under oath and lied directly about an NSA program that was conducting mass collection on millions of Americans. Or John Brennan, for example, as CIA director, he spied on Senate staffers, lied about it, and also broke into Senate computers to read emails from whistleblowers to members of Congress. 
Now, both Clapper and Brennan kept their jobs and to this day still have faced no consequences at all. What to speak of being charged and prosecuted and found guilty of the crimes that they committed. Now, this is just the latest example, unfortunately, of how our Department of Justice has become a political weapon being used by those in power to go after their political enemies. Playing Once some again, uh, Tulsi Gabbard there. It, mm-hmm. I, it is interest, an interesting yeah, question. Double or even a triple standard. I you mean, know, apparently, apparently it's more important to show up than to tell the truth or act ethically. As long as you're there, you'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, it does beg beg the question: Is is it being used as a political weapon? Because in my way of thinking, I mean, both are bad. And like she said, no matter what you think of of Steve Bannon, you know, not showing up for a subpoena is is illegal, and he he, he should have been found guilty of that. But I mean, isn't it worse to lie to Congress mm-hmm. than to not show up? In my opinion, it is. If you go in front of Congress and you not lie according, under, not under according oath, to not according to the sentences they're getting, yeah, according to the Department of Justice, we're not even going to investigate the fact that they lied. Um, we'll, we'll just let them. I mean, good grief, they're Democrats for crying out loud. We're not going to. It's funny that she would point it out, being a Democrat, because it does criticize the current administration. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's why it, it, it gives a little extra weight. You know, if a Republican is is criticizing this, it's, oh, it's just that's political. You know, they're they're just saying this to make political points. Except here is a Democrat criticizing Democrats. So you know, whatever you think, you you give it a little bit more more weight. You know, and the fact that she was a member of the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. she's no longer a member. She didn't she didn't run. She didn't lose her seat. She uh, decided not to run in the last election because, uh, of course, she was running for president before she uh, lost in the primary. But yeah, I mean, it begs the question. It's like, is there two sets of standards? Or, as she she's basically saying, that it's used politically as a weapon. I don't know. Your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Uh, don't forget, coming up here in about 20 minutes, $50 gift certificate up for grabs for you. If you'd uh, like to join Nate Shellman, you can do that at Barrel House Pub and Grill. We've got a free $50 gift certificate for you with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Haven't begun working on the question? Don't go away. We'll give it to you coming up next. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Still on the way for you this morning, Al Gore has compared climate deniers to the Uvalde police. We'll talk about that, let you hear what he had to say. Uh, Also, uh, remember when Prime Minister Trudeau um, said that they need stricter gun control laws because they didn't want Canada, um, you know, gun gun violence infiltrating Canada like it did to our neighbors to the south? He's talking about us, mm-hmm. you know, Americans. His neighbors um, to the south. Yeah. Uh, apparently, all-night shooting rampage in Vancouver, Canada yesterday. Even with their strict gun control laws, bad people can still get guns and can still shoot people. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that all on the way for you still this morning. On the way in 20 minutes, we have a chance for you to get that $50 Barrel House Pub and Grill gift certificate. Um, all you have to do is answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local cl- company with a global network and uh, local, I mean right here in the Treasure Valley and global all over the world. 
ranked number 44 out of all the Berkshire Hathaway uh, brokerages in the world. We're talking three different continents and 12 different countries. Call today, 208-888-4128 for all your real estate needs. Our question today, during the 90s, half of all the CDs being produced in the entire world were these specific CDs. What was it? Trust me, you know what it is. Mm-hmm, I guess <laughs> if you're in the '90s, you know what this is. You've probably held it in your hand. Um, if you know the answer, stick around. Twenty minutes from right now, we'll give you a chance to answer and win. First person to do so will get that fifty dollars gift certificate. Compliments of Barrel House Pub and Grill in Garden City. Stick around. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. It is 8.07. Thanks for listening in. Phone lines open, emails. You can instant message us through our fan page on Facebook if you'd like. Chris monitors those throughout the morning. You can uh, text us, 208-336-3700. That is our main number. You can also get through on the phone, uh, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless or 1-800-529-5264. We were talking uh, there before the top of the hour, Tulsi Gabbard asking the question, you know, why is Steve Bannon been found guilty when you have people, you know, that were lying to Congress. Who are supposedly even guiltier. (laughs) Just walking around free. Does it have to do with the Department of Justice using politics as a weapon? Another example of that yesterday in Georgia, I don't know if uh, anybody heard about this, uh, but a prosecutor who's investigating whether former President Donald Trump and his allies illegally tried to interfere in the 2020 election in Georgia cannot question a lawmaker who signed a certificate stating that Trump won the state, a judge ruled yesterday. Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney agreed with Republican State Senator Burt Jones that Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis had a conflict of interest because she hosted a fundraiser last month for Jones' Democratic opponent in November's election for lieutenant governor. The uh, judge said during a hearing that Willis's decision to host the fundraiser was a, quote, what the hell are you thinking moment with horrible optics. <laughs> Yeah, as a so because, prosecutor. So because she hosted a fundraiser this year, <clears throat> they're going to question her about the 2020 election. Well, they're they're questioning her for going after the opponent that she hosted the fundraiser for, as a prosecutor. So as oh, a pros- okay. as a prosecutor, um, the person she is charging is running for lieutenant governor this gotcha. year, or investigating, not charging, is investigating, is retaining, is uh, running for lieutenant governor of Georgia this year. She hosted a fus- fundraiser. She, she supports the opponent. Yeah, yeah. For, for the opponent, which I, I agree. It's just whether or not you're doing it on purpose, trying to get him out of the race or whatever, or cause bad publicity, it's really bad optics. Well, yeah, you are setting up your own conflict of interest. Yeah, and... <laughs> The judge, like I said, um, the what the hell are you thinking moment is is pretty hilarious. Probably should have known better. Mm. Um, it will now be up to the Prosecuting Attorneys Council of Georgia, a nonpartisan association of Georgia district attorneys, to appoint another prosecutor who will then determine whether any charges should be brought against Jones, who signed the certificate asserting Trump won the state and claimed to be the state's duly elected qualified electors. 
Jones said, uh, today's ruling, huge win for our campaign, but more importantly for due process and rule of law in Georgia. Another okay. another example of just being an idiot? <laughs> or was this an example of just using being, politics as a weapon? Like obtuse, which we, we decided... Willingly can, obtuse. Well, willingly <laughs> obtuse, because you can be an idiot or you can be willingly an idiot. Yeah. And we decided that there... Because somebody had asked last week, um, can you... Isn't willingly obtuse the same thing as yes, just isn't obtuse? That, isn't that redundant? No, it's yeah, not, apparently, yeah, we, because we looked it up, and and you can be uh, accidentally obtuse because you're just, well, stupid. Yeah. So um, Present present company accepted. Yeah, we were able to figure that out last week, but uh, thank you. She might have been willingly obtuse, or she could have just been obtuse. <laughs> not sure. Please, I was unwillingly obtuse. Nathaniel, what do you, what do you make for pay here? Eleven, ten dollars an hour, around thirteen dollars. Oh my gosh, you're a rich young man. However, Nathaniel, maybe you should have taken swim lessons when you were uh, growing up. I did. Maybe you should have moved to Los Angeles. Top paid L.A. lifeguards. Take a guess what they earn in Los Angeles. Take a guess. Just. Uh, any any oh, like, idea whatsoever? Like, like the Hoff? Yeah. Uh, in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles. Well, it costs Top a lot. It costs, LA lifeguards. It costs a lot to live there, so I'm going to go maybe $60,000. $28 an hour. $510,000. Okay, so I was off a bit. Actually, that, that, only that, off that, is closer, so. that is closer to what you need to live in Los Angeles. Yeah. Who knew that lifeguards who work in the sun, ocean, surf, golden sands of California could reap those financial rewards, uh, top paid lifeguards in 2019 made $392,000. 2019. Two years later, top lifeguards were making $510,000. Daniel Douglas, the most highly paid, um, he was the one that made $510,000. The uh, other lifeguards in his category make anywhere from 150 all the way up to $250,000 a year get, just in overtime pay. Do they get paid by the save, like a like a pitcher? I don't think so. Is, mm. Are there that many people that drown in, in L.A.? Appar- apparently I, not, or they <laughs> wouldn't be paying their lifeguards so much. Um, 98 L.A. lifeguards earned at least $200,000, including benefits last year. I can swim, and I know, you know basic first aid and all that sort of thing. Uh, I don't think I could jump off one of those towers onto the beach, though. That's just not, that's not my thing. 20 lifeguards made between 300000 and 510000 37 other lifeguards on the next tier made between fifty and 250000 in just overtime alone. See, there's guys here in town working at the water park hearing this and going, wait a minute, they're stealing our money. Man, I should have paid better attention when I because I passed I passed past life saving. I could have been a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. No, my dad I had, had to, something to say about to, that. And was like, no, you're not going to sit there, you know, at the swimming pool when we need people hauling hay. I had to take advanced beginners twice. And you find, but you finally passed, right? Yes, I did. I think they were tired of me, but yeah, I passed. <laughs> Another place apparently you can go to work and make a lot of money. Walmart and has just announced that they are stepping up efforts to entice college graduates on a fast track to jobs for store managers, positions that typically pay, typically pay more than $200,000 a year. Really? A new college-to-career program will provide classroom training, hands-on experience, and mentoring 
for recent and soon-to-be graduates. Top performers will be offered the newly created management role as emerging coach, which provides a starting pay of at least $65,000 a year and speedy path to becoming a store manager where the pay starts at $210,000 a year. Your idea has possibilities. Mm-hmm. Program underscores a heightened sense of urgency as Walmart seeks to bolster the supply of managers for its more than 4,700 U.S. stores in a very tight labor market. They're not able to find enough managers to cover all those stores. Wow. Whoever heard of not enough managers? <laughs> By the way, those are not the only high-paying jobs the company is trying uh, hard to fill. It recently boosted starting pay for its truckers to $110,000. There we go. So, see, you don't even have to go to college. If you just want to go get your CDL license, you can become a trucker for Walmart, and your starting pay is going to be over $100,000. Yeah, but Nathaniel? Yeah, but did they ever get to stay up all night playing records? Put your records? backpack <laughs> down. You're not leaving. You're not leaving <laughs> to go apply at Walmart. You have you a have great job right here. I'm sure it pays over 100000 a year if you work enough hours. <laughs> like if you work three different places and have a full-time job at each one. Put that finger away. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break here when we come back. Chance for you to pick up that $50 gift certificate once again uh, to Barrel House Pub and Grill. Don't forget, Nate Shumlin also broadcasting live, hometown happy hour this uh, coming Friday afternoon, beginning at 3 o'clock. He's got concert tickets. We'll tell you about that, too, when we come back. But your chance to win is coming up here next after traffic and weather. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.23, it is Casper and Chris, Damn Near Impossible Question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. Riley is going to get uh, first crack at our question today to try and uh, get the $50 barrel house pub and grill gift certificate. Riley, during the 90s, half of all CDs that were being produced in the entire world were these CDs. Compact disc we're talking about, not certificates of deposit. Compact discs. <laughs> uh, what uh, What was the CD? I got to say, I had one in my mailbox every day, so if I'm wrong, that's the other half. I'm going to say the AOL Internet CD. <laughs> the AOL Free Trial CD disc. Yes, hey. almost every day. It seems like you got one in the mail. I knew, who peop- I knew people who, because it was a CD, couldn't bear to throw it out, and so they had drawers <laughs> full of these things. And I... I they didn't know what to do with them. Uh, yeah. Uh, congratulations, Riley. That is exactly it. AOL's free trial discs. Congratulations. You got the $50 gift certificate to Barrel House Pub and Grill. Hold on the line. We're giving this away all this week. It's kind of Barrel House week here. In addition to the free gift certificates, don't forget, coming up Friday morning, our KBOI Sweet Deal of the Week is the Barrel House Pub and Grill gift certificate. You can get that for half price, as usual, $50 for only 25 bucks. But remember, it's first come, first serve. It goes on sale at 9 o'clock sharp. You'll just have to go to kboi.com, click on the Sweet Deals link, and be able to purchase it. And as long as you do it quickly, you have your information loaded. That's why you should always go in a few minutes before and then just keep, keep hitting refresh as it gets to 9 o'clock. But have your information loaded, so all you have to do is push the button buy, and you're able to purchase rather quickly before they get sold out. In addition to that, then, later on Friday afternoon, Nate Shellman will be doing his show live. He's uh, going to be at Barrel House Pub and Grill once again at uh, the um, Garden City 
and uh, he'll uh, be able to uh, get you some, in addition, help you out with some great food and drinks. Um, he'll have Fitz and the Tantrums, Daughtry, and Jody Messina tickets available for you to win. That's coming up there this coming Friday. Once again, it's going on at Barrel House Pub and Grill in Garden City. They've got a variety of craft beers on tap, full bar. Great way to cool off with the cold beverages. We're going to be above 100 on Friday. You got Northwest wines and, of course, things like bison burgers, grilled salmon salad, a whole lot more. It's all going out. You can check them out online if you'd like, barrelhouse.beer. But that's coming up Friday afternoon. The, uh, once again, KBOI Sweet Deal, 9 o'clock in the morning, and then Nate Shellman Broadcasting Live that afternoon, beginning at 3 o'clock. It's a hometown happy hour. Brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We'll take a break. News is coming up here next. Phone lines are open. Emails are open, as they are all morning long during the Casper and Chris show. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Now 90 million Americans from Texas to Maine are sweltering in dangerously hot weather, experts blaming the record-breaking heat on climate change. Former Vice President and climate activist Al Gore telling ABC the survival of our civilization is at stake. If we don't stop using our atmosphere as an open sewer, and if we don't stop uh, these heat-trapping emissions, things are going to get a lot worse. There are more deaths from heat every year in the U.S. than any other weather disaster. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It's the first time in a while we've heard from Mr. Excitement, Al Gore. (laughs) Now, you you have a chance at, you know, maybe getting people to at least listen to you, even if, you know, they may not believe what you're trying to sell them. Um, But when you make a comparison like he did over the weekend in a speech... Um, a lot of people just all of a sudden tune it out. I want you to take a listen to this. Um, Vice President Al Gore compared climate deniers to the police in the uh, school shooting at Uvalde, Texas. Take a listen. You know, the climate deniers uh, uh, are really in some ways similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. They heard the screams, they heard the gunshots, and uh, nobody stepped forward. And God bless those families who've suffered so much. And law enforcement officials tell us that's not typical of what uh, law enforcement usually does. And confronted with this global emergency, what we're doing with our inaction and failing to walk through the door and stop the killing uh, is not typical of what we are capable of as human beings. We do have the solutions, and I think these extreme events that are getting steadily worse and more severe are really beginning to change minds. We have to have uh, unity as a nation to come together and stop making this a political football. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. It was a bit of a stretch in the comparison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, you kind of made the, it a partisan comparison, football by your comparison. The, the comparison, basically, is that 
in both cases, there are people who see that something needs to be done, and yet nobody's doing anything. So I guess they have that in common. However, he says the climate deniers uh, aren't doing anything, even though they see that something has to be done. No, I don't think they see that something has to be done. I don't think they think it needs to be done at all. Mm-hmm. Which is why that's what makes them deniers. And calling them cowards As opposed isn't, to supporters. isn't going to uh, help you garner their support, I don't believe. When you compare them to the 400 Again, police officers yeah. who didn't go in to stop the school shooting, that's not going to garner support. Again, the people who don't want uh, you know, to actively work on climate change, uh, it's, it's not because they're cowards. They just don't think it's necessary. All right. And, I mean, look. I have my own opinions, I have my own biases, and my own thoughts on it. I, I'm not a scientist, neither is Al Gore. Um, but in, in, in talking about that, in, and in listening even to those two little parts of his speech that he talked about, how it's getting worse and worse, If I mean, we're taking steps worldwide. Steps are be, being taken. I mean, you look, we're being forced into electronic vehicles Mm -hmm. for the specific purpose of stopping climate change. There have been so many coal fire plants produce electricity have been taken offline because they are so dirty for the environment. You have so many different enforcement vehicles from the federal government when it comes to um, coal, or I mean, uh, fossil fuel fired um, vehicles Mm -hmm. that have cut back on pollution over the past decades. Even Al Gore, who said, what was it, back in the early 2000s, said if we don't do something, this world comes to an end in 2012. We're still here. That was was 2022. That's like, uh, what's that that old joke? uh, The doctor gave me six months to live, and I couldn't pay my bills, so he gave me another six months. So my question is, if, if what you're saying... If if the world needs to do all this stuff and that's what's going to work to stop climate change, why isn't it working? Because of all this stuff that's been done over the past decades, you keep saying it's getting worse and worse. So if it's getting worse and worse, why is nothing that you have said that will help climate change, why is none of it working and starting to make it better? Anything people are doing is is going to work gradually, if at all. But we've had, you know, two decades of... of supposedly that's pretty gradual yeah you would think instead of as he said it's getting worse and worse wouldn't we have seen some gradual change to the better as of now but according to everybody who claims that you know man-made climate is going to kill the world my man-made climate change is going to kill the world we're 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 just not seeing that. And well, look, I, I look, hear I, I hear your question and don't know the answer to it. I don't either. I'm just I, throwing it out there. You know, I've I've seen a lot of the predictions about what's going to happen when. And they don't sound good, but uh, and you know, and there are a lot of things right now that are being explained by climate change. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, it 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 doesn't seem like there would be a huge, huge visible difference, no matter what we do. I mean, there may be a difference, and that's great. And I and that's kind of what I, I agree with you with. And like I said, it's my own opinion. I'm not a scientist. Look, I think that there is climate change going on. There's always been climate change through the history of the world, and there always will be climate change. Um, you know, my, my particular belief is I'm not sure if what humans do 
and, and there's probably a little bit that causes climate change, but I, I don't know if it's the massive amount that some of the people are claiming that if we just would stop, yeah. The, the well, climate, I mean, even the climate if, wouldn't work. Even if it is, we may be beyond repair at this point. Yeah. Uh, Randy Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Uh, listening to this subject for quite a while, I, I don't know if you remember a guy named Ehrlich 40 years ago said that in 10 years, you know, we'd all be underwater. Yeah. And then this, I think those things hurt the issue because it's not true. They're trying to scare people into doing something. Secondly, I think United States, if you look at the record, has the cleanest, has done more to clean up their act than anybody in the earth. China and India were way bigger than us and polluters are not doing a thing for us to go, uh, not be able to get to work or not be able to cool our house or whatever else cutting off fossil fuels in the United States when we're already doing it cleaner than anybody else, while everybody else does nothing, to pun- and all it does is punish U.S. citizens, which you can see it in the polls, it isn't working, because nobody wants to be realistic about this. We are probably doing more than anybody, but as far as these, the president on down are concerned, we're not doing anything, and we're not talking about what everybody else isn't doing. And so they're, they're, are, they've lost the argument be- in terms of what they say is going to happen, because it never does. And second of all, if it's a real issue, it needs to be dealt with worldwide, and we don't just get to be the victims, and we get punished because we're willing to do something, and everybody else goes to life as on. Life right. goes on. But even with that, and thank you for the call, Randy. Appreciate it. But even with that, so, you know, it's true. China, you know, much bigger polluter. India, much bigger polluter. Um, but even with those two countries, you have a lot of the rest of the world that has been working on this for decades. Europe, mm-hmm. Europe has cut back massive amounts uh, of pollution. They're part of the Ply- uh, Paris Climate Accord. If you think whether or not you think that does anything or not, um, you know, but they've still cut back um, their coal-fired plants, just like the United States has. So yeah. it, it, incrementally, Scandin- it should have done something. Scandinavian countries started implementing this stuff decades ago. Yeah. So, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. You should, instead of like Al Gore says, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Well, if it's getting worse and worse, then apparently what we're doing is not working. Right? I'm just asking the question. I don't, well, I don't know for either, sure or, no, or not. Either that or probably, in his opinion, we're not doing nearly enough. Uh, Robin writes in, uh, hi, Mike and Chris. Al Gore preaching to us about climate change while flying all over the world in his private jet, uh, depositing his carbon footprint all over the place. He's a hypocrite. Happy Tuesday. That's Robin. Thank you. She's, I mean, he, she's right. He should be walking. <laughs> well, at the very least, it's like if you have your own private jet, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to and say, hey, we need to decrease our carbon footprint while I fly around, you know, easily around the world. I don't, if you're I don't ever in mixed necessarily company, know if he has a private jet or if not. If you're ever in mixed company and you start complaining about the decreasing quality of private jets, no one will feel sorry <laughs> for you. We'll take a break. Your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Remember, you can also email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
800-862-1800, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, text message in at 208-336-3700, writes in, while on tour at a glacier in Alaska several years ago, the tour guide told us that there had been eight, at least eight ice ages, which means that there are cycles in the climate and weather patterns. No name on that one. Um, email in Mike at KBY.com. What is wrong with you? Tell me what is the difference with our climate now from a hundred years ago. Communist countries do nothing to stop so-called climate change. They already have the kind of government climate change policies are supposed to turn us into the purpose of climate change. is to change the political climate to a one world government under corporate communism. Prove me wrong. I don't got that kind of time. Climate change has written in, if that is your real name and says, <laughs> How can you expect drastic changes if half the population doesn't believe or won't do anything to change? It's like dieting. How do you expect to lose weight if you eat fast food half the week? First half, you watch what you eat and lose three pounds. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you pig out and gain back four. It's a vicious cycle. Hey, something I can actually relate to. (laughs) Navy Nick says electric vehicles are not being forced upon us. There is only so much oil on the earth. After seeing pictures of both of you, you could uh, or should both cut down on just about everything to save Mother Earth. Mike spews out right-wing garbage, tries to defend evil Trump, Bannon, and hotter mob cronies. Back to NPR. I guess I I missed the part. Maybe I wasn't listening very closely to myself. When did I uh, spew Spew? stuff about uh, Trump? No, I don't know. I, I don't know either. Maybe I wasn't listening to the show as closely as he was. I, I don't recall you defending <laughs> I didn't either. Trump and anything, but we didn't exactly accuse him of anything either. Um, we pointed out things he's being accused of. Basil. Is that your name, Basil? Well, basil is seasoning. Basil is orthodox saint, okay. but I, I, am, I am no saint, okay? Okay, Basil from <laughs> saint, Boise. Saint Basil, yes. <laughs> You're on News Talk KVI. Good morning to you. Yes, uh, you know, I want to set straight this uh, carbon credit thing. So let's suppose that Casper drives car, which emits carbon dioxide. Now, Casper is feeling guilty about this carbon dioxide. Um, meanwhile, Chris uh, grows a tree. Now, tree absorbs carbon dioxide. So Al Gore comes and says, um, Casper, I will relieve your guilt if you give me $5. <laughs> then he goes to Chris and says, Chris, here is a dollar for growing the tree. And meanwhile, Al Gore keeps the difference, the $4 for himself. Hey, that's a quite a racket. I like it. I wish I thought of it. get into this racket? Uh, this is beginning to sound very familiar. We in Solnovia, we're all Catholic. Uh, we tried this uh, several centuries ago, only we called it <laughs> indulgences. Believe me, you do not want to go there. It causes m- more problems than it is worth. Well, it, at least it make for glorious. Thank you. So, this is indulgences for pagans. All All right, right. There we go. Thank you, St. Basil. <laughs> oh, he pointed out he's not St. Basil. Basil. No, I'm going to call him St. Basil. That was, that was a well-thought-out uh, opinion there this morning. So St. Basil's Cathedral is uh, Moscow, right? Uh, I believe so. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Uh, Ron in Meridian says, once again, we hear from... Al Hu, the inventor of the internet from the 90s, just like your very difficult question, LOL. He rides around in his electric car, flies on his electric plane, floats the water in his electric boat. Uh, Greta Thornborg, if that is your real name, writes in, Mike, how dare you? Oh, Greta? Yeah, that's kind of funny. 
It's probably not. I'm, it's probably it's probably not actually Greta. I, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm guessing it's not her because she doesn't live in the United well, States. She, she Although she could listen to KBY. She I don't could. Know. She could. She could. I guess they they get us no matter where she's living these days. Uh, Sean says arguing that countries with strict gun control laws still suffer from gun violence because bad guys will still get their hands on a gun is disingenuous AF, which I can only assume means Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, countries with strict gun control like Canada don't suffer from horrific mass shootings and gun violence like the United States does. Comparing the frequency and severity between the United States and countries like Canada is night and day. The shooting that happened in Vancouver, B.C., as horrific as it was, was a statistical unicorn. It simply does not happen with regularity like it does in the U.S. Didn't say it happened with regularity. I'm saying that if a bad guy with a gun, as strict as Canada's gun laws are, still wants to kill people, they can find a way to do it. We'll talk more about that. Also, take your phone calls and emails on uh, what Al Gore had to say. If you want to get in right now, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you're on the phone right now, stay tuned. Uh, We've got to get to news here at the top of the hour, and we will get to you right after that. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Now 90 million Americans from Texas to Maine are sweltering in dangerously hot weather. Experts blaming the record-breaking heat on climate change. Former Vice President and climate activist Al Gore telling ABC the survival of our civilization is at stake. If we don't stop using our atmosphere as an open sewer, and if we don't stop uh, these heat-trapping emissions, things are going to get a lot worse. There are more deaths from heat every year in the U.S. than any other weather disaster. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through this morning with your thoughts, uh, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Carl in Boise, thanks for being patient this morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, so first let me just say I'm a little biased on the climate change issue. Um, I'm a Christian, so uh, do I believe in climate change? is changing and i i would say yes um do i believe man is responsible for climate again i would say yes do i believe any amount of money could change the climate uh and fix it no and uh so what is my reason for this belief is because you know if you read the bible it says that uh you know in the end times god is god's wrath for his believers not uh, believing in him and uh, the, their lack of uh, repentance. So that's my belief why this is all happening right now. But if we were saying that the sewer issue, where the, the money is going, you know, the, the air is going into this, uh, all that we're just dumping into the atmosphere, uh, our politicians can negotiate with China and India and say, hey, you know, you guys... Uh, are dumping into our air that we're breathing, all they have to do is threaten that we're going to remove the manufacturing from China and bring it back home so we can control it. And uh, then we've got lots of jobs, good-paying jobs. We bring our manufacturing back. That's, to me, the answer. All right. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate the call. Thanks for uh, holding on this morning. Thank you. Jeff, Ontario. Good morning. You're on Newstalk KPY. 
Hello, hello. Hello. Hey, um, I want to I want to bring up a geographical survey that was done before Al Gore did his thing, and they did ice core samples down in Antarctica. They drilled down deep enough to look at ices over a million years old, and they analyzed the CO2 content of that material and came up with a graph that showed the, the CO2, atmos- uh, CO2 content of the atmosphere. And looking back over a million years, there's absolutely zero correlation between atmospheric CO2 and, cli- and climate. Glaciation occurred at times when there was 800 parts per million. There were uh, warm periods, cold periods. Uh, the, the atmospheric CO2 went from 200 parts per million to 800 parts per million, up and down, up and down, up and down. And there's absolutely zero correlation between CO2 in the atmosphere and climate. And that was a study that was done before Al Gore did his thing, and it was very well corroborated scientifically. So I bring that up because that's what makes me a climate denier. Okay. Well, that makes you just as bad as the police (laughs) at the Uvalde uh, school shooting. Somehow. Mm, interesting correlation. Well, well, I don't know if you heard Al Gore. That was that, what that Al was Gore the, said. Yeah. yeah, that was Al Gore said, that if you're a climate denier, that makes you just as and, bad and like as I, the police like, who didn't like go said, in to protect the students. It's, it's a very broad comparison because all he's saying is, in both cases, people should have done something and didn't. And there we go. Sure. That's how they're the same. But the study, the study I'm mentioning came up, it was, it's documented uh, long before Al Gore did his thing and, and got this whole thing into a, a, a basically a, a climate religion is what it is. So, so anyway, I thought I'd bring those facts up, and uh, thanks for all the things you do. All right. Thank you for listening, and thanks for your uh, thoughts this morning. Corey says there are now more guns in Australia than before their gun ban. The difference is the guns are now owned by law-abiding citizens, not criminals. In the U.S., we have a gang and criminal problem, not a gun problem. Wayne writes in, when Al Gore and John Kerry have a carbon footprint that's the same size as mine, I will pay attention to them. In the meantime, until we can get China and India on board, anything that we do to minimize our carbon production just allows them to increase their output. Kent says Gore has been wrong about so many of his predictions. Why the heck should we be listening to this hypocrite now? The fear he is instilling in the minds of our youth by inciting this dangerous rhetoric and regurgitated by liberal educator and social media telling them Earth won't be inhabitable in 6, 10, 12 years is harming them by sending the message, why should I try, why not rebel against authority? Life has little value. It will only get worse as this end-of-world talk continues. So shoot the messenger, in other words. Tom Emmett, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Hey, I kind of got diverted off on your thing. Let me ask you, though. Is a, a car getting better mileage than it used to? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I would say that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, so if a house is, say a house could be heated cheaper and cooled cheaper than it used to be, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I would think that that's a good thing. Cheaper okay. but more pollution or just uh, cheaper and less pollution? Efficiency is is a good thing. Let's agree, right? Sure, yeah. So uh, why is it that first time whenever a, a Republican gets in, they want to pull off the mileage standards off the cars, that it's impossible, but we've been meeting these mileage standards, which is good. And uh, just think what the energy crisis would be right now if everybody is driving a 12 miles per gallon pickup or car. Yeah, prob- you know, probably worse, yeah. Secondly, did you guys happen to have three minutes in your life this weekend? You could have watched that January 7th. Speech by Donald Trump. 
Yeah, I've, 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 I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah, what what about it? I didn't watch it this weekend, but I've seen it before. I mean, I mean, the one that he released said it was a heinous thing, a heinous act, and why all of a sudden it was just some nice supporter guys that just got a little bit carried away, got a little bit partying too hard in the Capitol. But the day of the Sabbath, he condemned them wholeheartedly. He said it was time to move on, time for the country to heal, quit being so decisive. And that was just enough to get him from getting kicked out of office by his fellow Republicans before he was due to leave on the 20th. But now it is so ass-backwards compared to what he's saying now. He does not show that, that, that January 7th at any time because it points out to what a two-faced person he is. All right. If you watch January 7th, he condemned them wholeheartedly. He, 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 they asked him to actually lie and say that he set the National Guard, which we all know he did nothing of the sort. But... He does not play that at any of his rallies because that's not the crowd he's, he's playing to. I heard this one thing, and just think about this. Donald Trump had made it okay to be your worst possible self. And there was a lot of people that wanted to be able to do that. Hmm. So, and and they were just it. waiting for Donald, Donald Trump to tell them that it's okay? Or somebody, I guess. I believe so. He kind of made the N-word great again. You know what I mean? It's kind of things that, that people couldn't say before. And with Donald Trump, it's like, well, dang it, I'm in their face now, man. I am making a liberal mad. And that is their whole goal in life. You have no Republican policies that's going to go and solve anything. But, man, they love to make us mad. And, and I mean, that's kind of a short-sighted goal, I believe. Maybe. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Tom. Brandon of Boise says, I started listening late today, but it sounds like Boise State public radio listeners have entered the chat. I suppose you've hit upon some interesting topics. One of those topics must be climate change. A thought I have about that subject is that for the left, it's entered the realm of a religion with no room for any dissent or dialogue. It's also becoming fully intertwined with other progressive ideologies and issues such as social justice, race, gender, etc., those who don't subscribe to the new climate social justice orthodoxy are branded as heretics. I was thinking of uh, Emo Phillips. He had a, uh, a routine that he said he, he saw some guy about to jump off a bridge and he went to stop him. And the guy says, what is there to live for? And he says, well, do you believe in God? Yeah, yeah, well, me too. Are, are you religious? Yeah, me too. Uh, uh, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Well, me too. Uh, what kind of Christian are you? Baptist. Baptist, really? Me too. And it goes this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then finally, is it, you know, the, the Baptist uh, Convention of 1885 or Convention of 1907? And he says, 1907. And so he pushes him off the bridge and says, die, heretic. Because <laughs> we're so far apart. Uh, Sue in Meridian says, is it solid science to expect that the Earth's climate will stay the same? Our climate has a history of drastic changes. No, it, it, it kind of has yeah. a history of, of consistent changes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Whether it be up or down or hotter or colder or whatever, you're you're not you're not wrong. 
Um, another email in, uh, actually text message, 208-336-3700. This is on a different subject. We were talking about the uh, surplus, $1.3 billion surplus. And this is something yesterday we were asking you what you would like to see that uh, money spend on. And then somebody had uh, talked about earlier this morning that the only fair way to do it and the reason that they do tax rebates is because it's fair to everybody. Um, this person writes in, $1.3 billion surplus divided by 400,000 taxpayer households in Idaho equals $3,250. Idaho taxpayers and voters are suckers. Enjoy your $75 rebate. Well, you do have a couple of things wrong here. Number one, the $1.3 billion surplus is divided by 1.8 million people because that's the population of Idaho. And I, from what I remember, according to the last rebate, everybody got a tax rebate per person, not per taxpayer. So if you had a household of five people, you got $75 times five, not just $75 times the two people who were paying taxes. Everybody got that $75. Also, the minimum was $75. Mm-hmm. There were people who paid in more money that got up, correct me if I'm wrong, if you remember this, 14% rebate. Is that right? Do you remember? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the numbers are. If, if you if you paid more in, you got more back. So you got a minimum of seventy five dollars, or I think it was fourteen percent of what you paid in, whichever was higher. So it wasn't just a flat seventy five dollar rebate for everybody. So there's there's a couple of reasons why that um, statement um, that you made that everybody should have got three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, not well, actually, not correct. Actually, if if you just go straight with one point three billion divided by one point eight million, everybody should get seven hundred and twenty two dollars and twenty two cents. Right, and there were people who got more than that because they paid more in, and right. there were people who paid nothing in that still got still 75 dollars minimum. Yeah. We'll take a break. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Um, if you want to get through, now's a good time. Phone lines are open. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Once again, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get in today, you can also email... Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Jeff from Nampa uh, writes in a text message. Remember, Al Gore is a liar. Not only did he claim to have invented the Internet, he also claims to have invented math. I think everyone is familiar with the uh, algorithm. Did he claim to invent math? The algorithm? Oh, it went right over my head. Thank God I have the king of the puns in the studio okay. with me that was able to uh, explain that one to me. Uh, let's see, who's this from? Oh, uh, I feel, I'm, the, I'm so embarrassed. The Fudge Man says, uh, gents, here's some cut and paste info, info from Bloomberg. As Donald Trump considers when to announce his candidacy for president in 2024, he faces a costly quandary. As head of the Save America Political Action Committee, he controls $103 million, making him the Republican Party kingmaker. Once he declares a run, moving from kingmaker to possible king, federal law puts the money beyond his reach. When he announces, he's limited to taking just $5,000 of his leadership PAC money for his campaign committee, which would begin with a starting balance of zero. Money has always been Trump's master, so don't expect an announcement anytime soon. 
Interesting. Well, he, um, and he's already said that he's not going to announce until after the midterms. And, and I think Republicans, um, more than anything, don't want well, him to announce until after the midterms so it doesn't well, affect and, the midterm election. And, and what basically what Fudge Man is saying here is if you are a fan of Trump, that you would want him to remain in uh, control of the PAC money as opposed to running as a candidate because then he could control more of what's going on. Right. And I think there are a lot of people that are trying to talk him into that. It's like, hey, you have more power being a kingmaker than you do as president. Or king. Or possibly, yeah, or king. <laughs> um, and, and as far as the money-making part of it, um, he has the ability to make millions of dollars really quickly. He's shown that over the last four years. Even after he was president, he raised over $200 million within two re- weeks. Regardless of what he has done in his life, it doesn't seem like financing has been the problem. Yeah, so I don't think $103 million, yeah, to the rest of us, it sounds like a lot of money for Trump and his supporters, the many people that support him, um, that's not a lot of money. I, I think they would be able to raise $100 million in probably a couple of weeks' time if he if that does indeed become what happens that he decides to run for for president which i don't i i still put it at 50 50 i know a lot of people are saying nope he's running i don't know jim says uh, here's info for your listeners who say that india and china are doing nothing to combat climate change india in january 2022 india issued five new pledges net zero emissions by 2070 and by 2030 achieving non-fossil fuel energy capacity of 500 gigawatts, 50% energy requirements from renewable sources, reducing total projected carbon emissions by 1 billion tons, and reducing the carbon intensity of the economy to less than 45%. Although China is currently by far the world's worst CO2 emissions contributor, its new climate control system was launched in July 2021. This nationwide program succeeds earlier regional pilot programs and is expected to contribute approximately half of China's CO2 emissions reductions by 2060. Now we know reality. Please ponder facts, not ill-informed phone calls. Many thanks for your show and openness to many views. Thank you, Jim. Jim. Thank you, Jim. Very nice. Um, Frankie writes in, do you people realize we're in the middle of an ice age? Look it up if you don't believe me. Dan- it, it doesn't feel like that today, does it? <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> D- Daniel has written in and apparently likes South Park as much as I do. He says, hello, Chris. When Man Bear Pig shows up at your door, <laughs> you will wish you had listened to Al Gore. That was uh, when, when Al Gore first started uh, you know, warning people about, about global warming. Uh, South Park did an episode where he showed up and warned, <laughs> warned people there was a monster named Man Bear Pig. And uh, they were like, what's he doing that for? I don't know. I don't think he has any friends. Uh, Maybe he's just trying to get attention. I'm sitting here laughing because it was a very funny episode. And if you want to, look it up uh, and watch it after our Don't do it till after well, the show. Well, I thought the, fun, the funny thing is you always explained it is it's man, bear, pig. Half man, half bear, and half pig. <laughs> 926-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break, get you caught up with all the news that is happening, and we'll get back to your phone calls and emails. Phone lines are open right now. You want to email us, mike at kby.com or chris at kby.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Well, it's official. Reclaim Idaho's Quality Education Initiative is now eligible for the November ballot. 
The Idaho Secretary of State's office announced that yesterday the nonprofit delivered around 100,000 signatures to the Idaho Secretary of State's office on July 6 to get the education initiative on the general election ballot. Now, the Quality Education Initiative aims to collect more than $300,000 annually for Idaho public schools. It would also create a new tax bracket for some folks. Keeping you updated on a story that uh, we've been talking about. As a matter of fact, we talked to uh, the director of Reclaim Idaho a few weeks ago about uh, the fact they were going to be turning in the ballots. It became official yesterday. It will be on the November ballot. You will be voting for it. Do you want to see an increase in taxes to help pay for the Quality Education Act, also known as Proposition 1 on the ballot this year? The initiative would generate $323.5 million per year beginning in the 2024 budget year if it does pass. They got enough votes. Well, what they got over enough votes to uh, get it on the ballot, by the way. To pay for the increase in education funding, the initiative would increase the corporate income tax from 6 to 8% in Idaho. And as it mentioned there, create a new tax bracket at 10.925% for individuals making more than $250,000 per year and families who make more than $500,000 a year. The initiative would not affect sales tax or property tax rates. That's high for state tax. Yeah, uh, much higher than, if this does pass, much higher than our neighbors. Oregon at 6.6%. Um, also higher and, than and it wouldn't uh, be 10%, Montana, 6.7%. 10% wouldn't be for everybody, you know, because right now we're at what, like something like seven or a little more. Right. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, and I'm comparing, but the, there aren't tax brackets, the corporate, corporate tax bracket. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're right. Corporate tax bracket goes from six to 8%. Um, you know, so comparing it to uh neighboring States, Oregon, 6.6%, nine, 6.7% for uh, Montana, and then you have uh, the other states who don't have uh, corporate income, income tax. Mm-hmm. Um, Wyoming also does not have a corporate income tax rate. So it would raise the taxes on corporate. And there are people that believe that if you raise corporate taxes, uh, corporations don't pay that tax. They just pass that along to you. So that would still be a tax increase for those of you who don't make $250,000 a year. Just wanted to get in on your thoughts on that this morning before uh, we ended the uh, end of the show. If you would like, feel free to call in, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. John in Baker City, I know you were uh, holding on through news there. I wanted to talk about uh, global warning this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning. Uh, how is the signal? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Can you hear us all the way over in Baker City? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess my... Point was, I'm getting tired of hearing all these climate deniers, and uh, especially that one fellow who had some proof of some study that was done before um, Gore. Um, uh, yeah. Gore. And my my question is, or my point is, what if he's wrong? What if they are right? Um, you know, I saw these pictures. I won't be around in 20 years, but I saw these pictures that they showed that. New York City could actually be underwater in some areas, and Florida could be underwater. Now, now, what if he's right? I mean, my gosh, shouldn't we be preparing? It's kind of like I remember I had a football coach who, uh, well, I had two coaches. One was a real tough guy, and he always went into every game, bullheaded, and he said, we're going to win, boys. The other coach said, we're going to win, boys, but we got to remember we could lose, too, and we got to prepare for both. 
And that's my point to that gentleman is um, he could be wrong. <laughs> and what then? I won't be around. I'm 70 years old, so I won't be around. But, you know, the children of today, they must be thinking about this stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of them are. Yeah. I think I think more so. I think more so. The kids are are concerned because, uh, you know, people like you, uh, Chris, and I. You're right. We're not going to be around um, if they are wrong. And I mean, for that matter, it could be that even kids right now might not be around. It could be generations after that. Like I remember taking Earth science, and we talked about weather for a short period of time. But now they spend practically, you know, an entire quarter on it. That's interesting. Thank you for the call. Uh, John, thanks for listening in Baker City. We appreciate yeah, it. I, I love, love KBOI. All right, thank thank you. you. We love you, too. Um, Corey writes in, Climate clowns have 50 years of failed climate predictions. They just keep changing the name and push their predictions out once they fail. Rich liberals continue to buy mansions on the coast while lying about the rising ocean levels. John says, to me, climate change is a money laundering scheme that liberal governments actively participate in. They get a grant to study climate change. And the conclusion they always come to is they need more money to study it some more. They know darn well, like cancer, COVID, the common cold, uh, there is no solution, but are serious that they can correct uh, climate change and it can be solved. They always lie to the purse holders to keep milking the cow for more money. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that to cancer, COVID, and the common cold, there is no solution. I would say that we haven't found one yet, but there are still plenty of people trying to find that. I thought there was a solution. You, you drink plenty, plenty of fluids, you get plenty of rest, and in 10 days to two weeks, you'll be better. Well, that was another South Park thing. that uh, You remember the cure for SARS. They did all these studies and found out the cure for SARS was, um, uh, what is it, like Vicks VapoRub <laughs> and uh, uh, oh DayQuil, Sprite. <laughs> And uh, Campbell's Chicken Noodle Soup. Missed that yeah. episode. Uh, another text message in at uh, 208-336-3700. It reads, I voted for Bush. However, the statement that Al Gore claimed to be the father of the Internet is false. A Japanese author wrote a book and proclaimed all the members of Congress had voted to set up the Internet infrastructure were the fathers of the Internet. Yeah, that is true. But here, let me play Al Gore's words for you and why he gets criticized for saying he claims to have invented uh, the Internet. Take a listen. Uh, during my service in the United States uh, Congress, uh, I took the initiative in creating the Internet. So, that, I mean, that's why he gets criticized, because he says he took the initiative in creating the Internet, even though, as you say, it's yeah, true that it's, it was Congress I mean, who did it. It's, in, inventing it's the way it is, he's, pushing for funding of it is not the same as inventing it. No. But, I mean, he, you know, he had his contribution, obviously. Yeah. And that's that's why he gets criticized so roundly, because he says, as my time in Congress, Congress I took the initiative to invent the Internet. Well, n- no, you didn't. <laughs> yes, you helped to raise money, but you didn't really, you know, invent the Internet. Robert Boyce, he says, Chris, just you. Oh, was I not supposed to read this on the... Uh, no, I think I can read this. Uh, it doesn't say. Anyway, Chris, just you. Am I the only one listening who thinks that whenever you agree with a caller, it's really just your way of insulting them without them knowing? Uh no, I don't think so. I'm not even quite sure what that means. I should say. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Uh, another text message in at 208-336-3700. It reads, uh, reads, so Reclaim Idaho wants to raise taxes 
and raised and rained down $350 million per year on the same schools that only 12 months ago were masking my kids and telling me CRT and normalizing LGBTQ were not a part of the education activist agenda. Okay, okay, sure. I don't think Reclaim Idaho is grassroots, and I don't think they speak for many families in Idaho beyond 83702 area code. I wish they would create the North End ISD. That way they can pay for their own agenda and live in utopia, not pollute the rest of the state with their leftist agenda. $350 million with 400,000 taxpaying families equals an average of $875 in additional taxes per family. Or if you believe it's the only 1% of Idahoans, um, or 87500 for the 4,000 families, but since corporate taxes are passed to the consumer, every family is still going to get tax increase. Mike writes in, different Mike, and says, although the gang over at the Idaho Freedom Foundation is making a big blast over the Reclaim Idaho's Proposition 1 massive tax increase because it is based on 2021 tax rates, couldn't the state legislature pass the 2022 tax deductions next year, thus making it an even situation? Seems like a reasonable solution to providing more funding for education, which most Idahoans support. Yeah, it could work, I guess. But again, I guess you'd have they, to. They could do that. Couldn't you'd they? you'd, you'd uh, have to get them uh, coordinated in some way. Sean Meridian. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. A couple of things. Uh, Al Gore's been at this for a while and even wrote a book to sell the idea to his friends in the Democrat Party about how we could get more political power if we use these environmental concerns. You know, he doesn't think anybody can read, but um, also you could do the uh, grade school trick where you fill a glass, you overfill a glass with ice and then just let it sit there and melt and, and determine how much overflows and the amount of water actually takes up less space in a liquid form than in ice form. So it's not going to flood the planet. But um, ever since, you know, ever since the, the younger Dryas or whatever Randall Carlson's talking about, there's been warming and uh, there's been fluctuations, but it's more political grab. That's, that, it's not a scientist pushing it, although scientists tend to produce what they get paid to produce sometimes. Um, it's, depending uh, on who they're working for. It depends. Yeah, exactly. They want to be a good employee. But there's a book by Michael Crichton called State of Fear. And uh, it's awesome. And it, it really does help explain how it, it, even in ancient, more ancient times, you know, uh, they used this same exact fear tactic type stuff to push things like eugenics. How it's just it's an emergency and we have to do it. And mm. uh, so... It's it's a simple experiment that you can do with your kids with a glass of water and some ice and see if it overflows or if the volume actually <laughs> decreases. There we go. All right. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate uh, the call. Guys. Appreciate the Bye. thoughts Bye. this morning. Wayne writes in, uh, Mike at KBOI.com. Pledges are words and do nothing to help our environment. Europe is full in on the Paris Accord and is now turning on coal, fire, uh, coal plants again. This year alone, China is building 33 um, coal-fired electrical generation plants. India has 39 coal-fired plants under construction. I don't give a rat's rump what they pledged to do in 50 years. The emissions are increasing now. John says, regarding tickets for the hearing, I'm sure that it conflicts with my daily soap opera shows, and I won't be attending. Sorry, eh? 
That's uh, John. <laughs> By the way, if you're wondering what he was talking about, uh, that is the Supreme Court hearing that will go on August 3rd. Um, they're expecting state, state Supreme Court. State Supreme Court. Sorry, um, they're expecting so many people to show up that there will not be room to get anybody in. So they are allowing people now, if you would like, to reserve your spot to be able to uh, watch the state Supreme Court when that uh, decision comes in, uh, or when they uh, start be, to hear that decision. Wouldn't those be fun tickets to scalp? <laughs> Do you think you could? Well, I mean, it's it's against the law to do so. No, it's legal but, here in Idaho. Oh, it is. It is now. Uh, it always has been. Oh, really? Yeah, scalping. I thought it was against the law. No, scalping in Idaho is completely legal. Maybe you it's can, just maybe it's just not on the Boise State campus or something. Because somebody told me you couldn't you, you couldn't do it, but I think they just yeah I think they meant you can't do it like in front of the maybe yeah uh, maybe that's what they uh, you know uh, yeah I th- I think of the stadium or the scalping is completely legal in Idaho. Arena. Yeah. See, John says there is no surprise the current administration wants to redefine the, the definition of a recession. They also can't define what a man or woman is. The saying, bat in the bell tower, comes to mind or just plain nuts. Bat, uh, bats in your belfry is what I've heard, but yeah, bell tower is the same thing. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. We've got one more segment on the way. Uh, plus, uh, if it isn't enough reason to listen to Nate Shellman, just to hear Nate Shellman talk, he has another reason you might want to be listening in. We'll tell you about that when we come back. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 951, uh, thanks for listening into the show this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, as you are uh, sitting wherever you're at, you might want to make a reminder of yourself uh, listening with Nate Shellman. A couple different reasons to uh, listen into the Nate Shellman show today, uh, not just to hear Nate Shellman, but also coming up just after 3 o'clock, Wayne Hoffman, head of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, will be on with Nate Shellman yeah, this afternoon. Somebody writing in just mentioned them. Three to four o'clock this afternoon, you can listen in if you have questions. I'm guessing with uh, an hour, you might even have a chance to uh, call in with your questions about the Idaho Freedom Foundation with uh, Wayne Hoffman. Also, uh, coming up this afternoon, Nate will have concert tickets to give away. If you like OAR, have a chance to win uh, OAR concert tickets. Go ahead and turn me up here, uh, Nathaniel. Take me out of program there and uh i'll give you if you don't if you're going well what song do they sing that is uh one of their big hits nate shellman will have a bunch of tickets to give away this afternoon so if you'd like to win those uh also a chance for you to win those tickets with us tomorrow morning we'll have another chance for you to pick up those tickets O-A-R, so be listening. There's there's a whole bunch of reasons to listen to Nate Shellman this in, afternoon. In concert, they play other songs, too. They they do, but that's one of their one of their biggest hits. Right. So uh, make sure you're listening in this afternoon. Tom in Boise writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com, says, Regarding Tom from Emmett, I, too, condemned the January 6th violators, and I echoed Trump's statements at the time of the incursion. However, it's funny how time changes things. Our two-tiered system, justice system, and the unfair way many of the January 6th violators were treated, including the lady from Idaho, I think you're talking about Pam Hempel, who was cancer and was sentenced to a uh, lengthy jail term, has changed my tune as well. Well, virtually no one was prosecuted, let alone seen jail time for the 2020 riots, including attacks on the federal courthouse in Portland. Joe says, uh, 
for the week of July 14th, Idaho's average wholesale price for gasoline was $3.93 per gallon, and retailers were turning around to sell it for an average of $4.60 a gallon. This gives the retailers a profit margin of $0.66 per gallon, the highest ever recorded in Idaho. Yes, greed is universal. Isn't it Jackson's and all the others? Uh, There ought to be a law prohibiting such greed. I don't think... The capitalist system doesn't usually yeah, have a law against greed. I, I, don't, I don't think they do. Uh, by the way, gas prices dropped another $0.09 cents a gallon yesterday. It dropped on my way home from here, or from the time I came to work yesterday morning mm-hmm. to the time I went home yesterday afternoon. From, from what to what? And it dropped down again. It went from uh, $5.10 a gallon to $5.01 a gallon. Really? Yeah. And you remember when we were uh, out on Friday... At Fast Eddie's, we had talked to uh, Steve Eddie, and uh, Steve had said gas prices he predicted would be below $5 everywhere in Idaho by August 1st. And based on just what they dropped yesterday, yeah. he said it's dropping every day. Six days to go. Six days to go. You're seeing gas between 501 to 505 a gallon on most places. I was talking to Nate Shellman yesterday. His Albertsons by him is 485 a gallon. I'm like, why? Not no, all Albertsons are 485. Now, is, How is he so lucky? At Albertsons, do you have to have a, a membership card of some no, kind? No, no. You don't? It, okay. No, no. But you can, if you have their rewards card, you can get even more yeah. per gallon off. And that's what I asked. I go, is that with the rewards card? And he said, no, it's 485 for everybody. So um, I, I think we could be seeing gas uh, I, much less than that by I, I August do, 1st. I do have one of those, but I've only had it since 1983. Keep your fingers crossed. I can't believe we're going, oh, gas is good. It's so great to only be paying five dollars a gallon that's it for today's show uh thanks for being a part of the show much appreciated we'll uh, be on a 20-hour break so we can enjoy the 102 degree heat and uh, we'll be back all refreshed and uh lubed up for tomorrow